What's going on, boys and girls? We have a terrific episode of Two White Lights for you today. We have developments on the USAPL Pro Series that was announced a few days back. Now, the only thing that was released was an announcement and a logo. Steve Zenobi and I have a little bit of information that will talk about the structure, the format of the USAPL Pro Series, but not all of it. Uh, very, very basic just structure that we've heard uh, could be the the foundations of the Pro Series. So, again, when you're listening to this episode, this is not it. Uh, we're hoping to get people on the USAPL to listen to Two White Lights and also come on the show to just discuss the format, the ideas that they have, and what it's going to look like. But this is all the information we have right now, um, which is not a lot. It's not a lot, but, of course, in this episode, we give our opinions, our take, what we want to see from it. Uh, we talk about the possibilities of lifters leaving and what that means for the USAPL, what that means for a possible IPF affiliate. We discuss all that. We give our opinions on that whole scenario, um, how it might not actually be that bad if it happens. Uh, we explain that a little bit further. Uh, we talk about the two white lights comments as well that we saw. Uh, a lot of really good ideas came in from people, what they would like to see from the Pro Series. So we discuss that. Uh, and just a really good episode to record, a really fun episode to record. And I'm excited for this, uh, not only as a USAPL lifter, but just in the sport of powerlifting, because I think this will definitely bring a, a lot of adjustments and changes and revolutionary ideas, not just from the USAPL, but all federations. So I'm just excited for this news in general, and it was just a really fun episode to record with Steve Denobi, who is very like-minded. But before we get into that, got to talk to you guys about Leflar Bros. I will slow it down because I was told I talked too fast. LeflarBros.com and Leflar Bros Apparel. Make sure you're following them on Instagram. Make sure you're going to the website to check out the dope designs that they have. It'll make you look good in the gym and on the platform, and just out on the street. I wear Leflar Bros apparel wherever I go because it looks so damn good. The graphics, the designs are getting so, so clean and so, so perfect, and they're releasing more and more stuff. I believe they are coming out with some dad hat shorts and tank tops coming up. Use promo code 2WL15 to make yourself look good and save yourself some money. I am very excited for the drops that they have coming up. We have a giveaway going on at 14 Power, my personal page on some the cotton candy deadlift socks so be sure to check that out as well and just buy some deadlift socks as well because those are the best deadlift socks i've ever seen in powerlifting so make sure you're using that promo code 2wl15 on leftlarbros.com i slowed it down for all you people saying that i talk way too fast also they sell two white lights merchandise exclusively on leftlarbros.com so people are asking where can they get a banner where can they get a shirt they don't see it on the website. Well, guess what? It's not on the website because it's on leftlarbros.com. Use that same promo code 2WL15 to save yourself some money. Also, make sure you are on lift.net and getting yourself some stoic gear. I wear stoic gear on the platform in the gym because it's quality and it is the best powerlifting equipment that I've ever put on my body. Now, the knee sleeves speak for themselves. They're a fantastic People love the knee sleeves. The singlets wrist wraps are great, too. But also, what sets them apart, it's affordable. It's not as expensive as the other big brands. So Stoic Gear is what you're going to want. And also, you can save yourself some more money if you use promo code ANGELO10 on your Stoic Gear. Make those affordable singlets, wrist wraps, and knee sleeves more affordable using that promo code ANGELO10. Also, make sure you're going on NotoriousLift.com and get yourself some no-slip drip Notorious Lift slippers. They are the best set of slippers on the market right now, and they are the best looking deadlift slippers by far. 
So performance and looks, Notorious Lift has got you covered on both of those. So you are going to use promo code ANGEL, ANGE, A-N-G, 15, to save yourself some money on that. Be on the lookout for the drops. Sign up for the newsletter so you don't miss a drop. Follow them on Instagram so you see all the announcements because those colorways go very quick and they're consistently releasing new colorways. I'm very excited to see they have in store. Last month was huge as far as colorways go. They always bring back certain designs. So if you miss a design, don't worry. They might bring it back for you. Use that promo code AND15 to save yourself some money. Also, make sure you are subscribing on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. On Apple Podcasts, leave a review, leave a rating. Those are huge for Two White Lives. We really, really love when people do it. Also, all the support people have given us through donations. Um, I cannot thank you enough for that. Uh, and subscribing on Spotify is great, too. We see those followers going up. And you can check us out on the website, too, twowhitelights.com. We have all our podcasts uploaded there. But uh, if you want to support Two White Lights, make sure you do that. And without further ado, here it is, Two White Lights. Friday, August 27th, and we have a pro series. Yeah, we've been talking about it for a while, and it, it's happening. And from what we've heard, it's happening pretty closely to what kind of our hopes were. I mean, we don't, we don't have all the information, mm-hmm. but we have some. But, I mean, it's, it's definitely kind of down the alley of exactly what we were hoping for, at least in, at least in the, the base of what we understand. Yeah, so, I mean, with the announcement that we saw, and that's all we really have that's officially released to us, people are DMing me a lot, like, okay, so what's the deal with it? Again, I am not the USAPL, so I do not know what's going on as far as, like, when they make announcements. Um, All I know is what's presented to you guys, maybe a little bit of inside information here and there, just based on speculation and rumor, but you just get an announcement, so... Larry Maley was on the show. He said he was kicking around the idea. If you attended the NG- NGB meeting, that's exactly what was said, too. They kicked around the idea of a pro series and a lot of other ideas, along with potentially leaving the IPF, because that's been looming for a while. I think it's finally reached a fever pitch. Um, I think the leave is intimate at this point. I think there's one official thing that has to be done prior to the USAPL leaving, but this was expected. Um, you saw a letter of what Larry said about the IPF situation. It looks like they're going to leave. It looks like there's no choice but to leave at this point if they can't come to an agreement. And like he said on Two White Lights, if they leave, that leaves the door open for a pro series. And all we have is an announcement with a little bit of inside information there. So um, you want to you wanna just dive right into what potentially this pro series can look like? Yeah. So, um, someone we are in close contact with is Saber. I mean, we've talked about the Virginia pro plenty mm-hmm. and he's kind of the, he's the one started this. I mean, obviously we've kind of, I mean, from him, we've kind of talked about pro series and whatnot. Um, but he kind of set up the model for this. So, um, we talked to him on a decent basis cause we're in close relation leading up to this December 4th meet of doing stuff with two white lights. And so he kind of gave me a little bit of a breakdown. I'm going to be brief cause I don't, I don't want to get, I don't know how much of this is like something that is, open information 
Um, but I will say nothing is finalized by any means. Like they're, they're really, the reason they just did a single post of the logo is they're really trying to, t- USAPL is really trying to take their time to make sure they get this right. They don't yeah. want to just like talk about a little bit of it and then like realize that they got it wrong. They're well, wanting to make sure they get every detail right. It's also it's just an extremely difficult thing to do. That's what, I mean, looking at the comments on Two White Lights where a lot of people have different ideas, like... When if they release all the information at once, what's going on in a pro series? It's either going to be too much or too less, and I don't even think it's going to be somewhere in the middle. It has to develop like every other professional sports organization. Every professional sports organization developed with a foundation, and then they built from there. And a lot of times, initially, it wasn't the best product, and then they had to get there. So, good idea from the USAPL not releasing like what their exact idea was because people will throw their hands up in the air and get pissed. Yeah. And then what we're going to say here, don't take this as, as it. And this is all no. I mean, like, this is just, this is just the baseline, which I don't think I'm saying anything yet. We literally haven't discussed this, the possibility that we already figure is going to happen, which yeah. is basically that there's going to be a pro series. There's going to be somewhere, there's going to be meets throughout the year that are pro meets that are like theater meets. And this is set up very similar to bodybuilding, which is something we talked about is like bodybuilding has it right in the sense that they're pro. They have a lot of pro shows throughout the year, and those are feeders into the Olympia. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to have these pro series meets that are feeders into one main meet, which um, would be the Arnold Classic, which Mm -hmm. I would assume, again... Don't read into this too much. The Arnold will probably change a bit. I don't think it will be the normal Arnold. The Arnold now becomes the end-all, be-all. It becomes our Sheffield. Yeah. And somehow through qualification, and there's no that's what they're trying to determine right now, through qualification, whatever standards they're going to be doing, the best in the world, in the U.S., go to the Arnold, and that's where, like, that's the big grand all be all that's our Olympia. Yeah. Um, there's talks of pro cars. They just haven't decided how that will be a qual- how they'll qualify for that, whether it's a point system or total system or whatever it may be. Um, but there's talks of pro cards, some feeder meets that are pro meets that feed into the the granddaddy of them all being the Arnold. And that's kind of the hope here. Um, and within that, obviously, there's a lot that can happen of kind of how they're going to be putting that together. We've already discussed, Larry discussed it on the show. Um, they give the IPF a lot of money. There's also a lot of administrative money that has to go into making sure all the paperwork and the jobs that for the manually the IPF. I mean, I think Larry said there it was it was over five hundred thousand. It was mid it was mid six figures um, that now can get reallocated. Now, how much of that's going to get reallocated straight to like prize money and whatnot? Who knows? Um, but a lot of it's going to get reallocated, and that's something I'm sure we're going to talk about. Is like. I think everyone's wrapped from what I've seen online. Everyone's just like, Oh, it's all about prize money now. Mm-hmm. It's, it is kind of well, but like, this is like, everyone was all about Sheffield. Yeah. This is, no, this is trying to make Sheffield on our home turf. But also, except, but, but also it gives you chances to win money that isn't at the one big meet. This is what annoys me about certain things is people get upset that it's like, well, you know, it's, it's all about the money now, right? It's all about competing. no, Currently, we're all doing USAPL competitions on a local level. We try to qualify for nationals. We try to get into the Arnold. We have these primetime meets that people are interested in with the knowledge that a lot of us will not make it to Worlds. And if, if that's a slim possibility, it's an even slimmer possibility that you make it to Sheffield. This will give you an opportunity to possibly make some money, make a big impact in the sport without having to be the top 1%. 
And and what I assume, I'm, I'm going to kind of frame these again. This is a lot of our opinion now. Mm-hmm. These feeder pro meets, they're basically what we hoped primetime meets would be most likely, which yeah. is the best lifters in the world doing multiple meets throughout the year in competition. Like yes. that's basically what it's going to be. Yeah. But we can still have primetime local meets, but this is, this is now, this is exactly what we were kind of hoping for. It's, it's kind of like a regional system or a, a primetime system that actually happens throughout the year where we have all these incredible meets happening, um, handled by, uh, I mean, what I do know is, I mean, Saber will be one person handling a pro meet. Mm-hmm. Obviously he already is. He's got his December meet. And then other ones are going to be handled by the national office. Yeah. So it's not like it's just going to be some random meets. Like the national office is is going to be coming in and making sure these meets are Arnold and national level quality. Yeah. I, I mean, from the initial, just kind of the idea, because I think with what I, I'm a little bit more curious on before I make like my opinions final, I guess first impression are good because it's just, it's a, it, it gives you an opportunity to have like a regular season into a big playoff type system or a world series type system, which is the Arnold classic. I think USAPL lifters can appreciate that. And I will definitely appreciate that. This is a fan of the sport. And also it reaches more and more lifters uh, because it gives you more of an opportunity to be a pro lifter as opposed to just being a world champion. Uh, I actually do like that from first impression. Now, based on the organization of it, how they get the qualifying totals, how you win these meets. Is it going to be based on weight class? That's going to be important for me because I think with my conversation with Dennis uh, Cornelius is I really want to see the weight classes become more the focal point, not necessarily being based off best overall lifter. Um, Weight classes exist in powerlifting for a reason. I don't mind that they give a grand prize something to the best overall lifter based on a good lift formula or something along those lines. But I do really want to have the weight classes mean mean a lot still. Because I think that's really that's I think what sets Raw Nationals apart from every other meet. I mean, Showdown just releases rosters and I still look at it, I still look at the Showdown rosters, and I'm like, well, Raw Nationals has a lot of it just has better or a closer uh, competitions between weight classes. And that's what I love about Raw Nationals, and that's what I love about the USAPL. It's weight class base as opposed to just three lifter base. So I think that part I'm going to need a lot more information on. But first impression, just based on what you said and the little information we have. Again, it's a very little information. This is not the end all be all. Um, I, I like it. I mean, I can't really disagree with it. Uh, I can't really poke too many holes in it. Because and one thing I think we might see, kind of going off your point there, like if we have five to six pro meets a year, maybe some are based off of coefficient score and maybe some are based off of weight class. Yeah. You don't have to do every single one of these pro meets. You get to choose which ones you want to do. Mm-hmm. So if you're Dennis Cornelius and Ray, maybe you're biasing towards the pro meets that are rewarding based off of weight class and prizes off of weight classes. And then there's other people who might base off, go bias towards the coefficient one. So I think there's, 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 it sounded like, I think there's probably going to be some, some differences possibly. I don't yeah. know. Um, We'll see on that. So, but yeah, I mean, obviously this is probably coinciding with the fact that this is the plan for if we leave the IPF, which seems fairly imminent. Um, and a big talk right now is like, where are people going to go? Someone's going to form a new affiliate. Yeah. And then there's going to be the USAPL and where people are going to go. Honest. I mean, like 
I get the appeal of being world champion. Like the, the yeah. truly having a world champion of all the best, all the countries coming in, I get it. But if it's hard for me to fathom people wanting to go to a new affiliate just to do worlds, knowing that most likely a new affiliate will not have the ability, logistics, um, to be able to host these quality of meets year round. And you're doing everything just to go to worlds, which arguably isn't the greatest meet ever. It's great competition, yeah, but it's not known to be the greatest atmosphere of production value. And then really, I don't call it a pipe dream, but the hope that Sheffield comes back. Yeah. I, I, I actually, in, in my opinion, that's the big reason why people will decide to stay within the, uh, either with if the IPF creates a USAPL affiliate. But here's my thing. I think it could still happen where certain lifters leave or, I mean, I, yeah, I guess you could say leave the USAPL, join the new IPF affiliate just for that one chance of doing Sheffield, and still bounce back and do the USAPL again. I actually think that's a possibility because I, I, I think we've seen it happen a lot, and I think there will be more lifters within the USAPL who decided to do USPA meets or other federations now because they're not going to be they're not going to be threatened by being suspended by the IPF if you do a meet with a former uh, or a suspended lifter that's WADA suspended. Like, I think there will be a little bit of crossover from more so on the new IPF affiliate to the USAPL as opposed to vice versa because I know, based on what the IPF does, uh, they will suspend you if you do the USAPL or something. If you do a USAPL meet, you're probably not going to be allowed to do IPF meets, which, again, the very fact that you want to stay within an umbrella organization that does that to lifters is fucking beyond me. Don't understand that. Anytime you tell me you're suspended because you do another federation's meet, I will be like, all right, I'm done with this federation. This sucks. They're not going to control what I do based on just me trying to have fun and compete in another federation. But that's another issue I have with the IPF. But I actually still think that it's – I think the fear is an end-all, be-all that they're just going to stay loyal to the IPF affiliate or the USAPL when in reality I think people will keep an open mind. That's just me being an optimist though. Yeah, and I think – I mean – USAPL is going to release this full information most likely for 2022 because obviously it's happening in 2022 most likely. Sheffield's not happening in 2022. The the supposed hope is 2023. If USAPL comes out and says, hey, we've got this pro series with this Olympia style finale where there's $100,000 at stake on the line Mm -hmm. and, and they can... I mean, Sheffield was going up to 300, but maybe the USAPL throws in, I'm just throwing out numbers, throws out 100,000, plus they get sponsorships thrown in there too. I'm quoting, I mean, Joey had a video on this that he put on YouTube, and that's kind of what he said. He's like, eh, I want to see what happens. I mean, if they're going to throw $100,000 out, okay, we got to think about this. Like, is the Sheffield even that great if we got this $100,000 prize pot on home turf where we don't have to deal with the IPF crap? Absolutely, and I mean, I was just thinking, I mean, because this is not a surprise to me, because Larry, based on the podcast, really loves the Arnold. He thinks, and he is right in the sense that it is the social media event of the year. More people have their smartphones out, more people are kind of going around. And we have more outreach to people outside of powerlifting than any other event at the Arnold. Yeah, exactly. Arnold Arnold is my favorite event. I think that that is my favorite meet every year is the Arnold. Not only because of the atmosphere, because... One, it's it's only the elite of the elite at the Arnold. 
Na- I mean, Nationals this year is a little bit different, but usually it's a little bit of a mixture. The Arnold is everyone, the, 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 all the who's who of powerlifting, mm-hmm. as well as, like, you get crowds. I mean, the, if you haven't been to the Arnold for powerlifting, we're right next to where the entrance is, the expo. So you get people shifting over and watching. I remember when the, the two biggest ones ever I can remember is when Daniel Lynn, Daniel Lynn Bailey competed and when Ray Williams squatted 1080, the crowds there were insane. Yeah, I mean, uh, again, I mean, it's, it's very far removed, right, which is, like, the unfortunate thing because COVID happened and that was the last Arnold that we had and it was completely watered down, different. It was a ghost town Arnold. Um, but the year prior, I, I loved it. I actually, that was my first USAPL meet that I watched I because I was in the APF at the time and I really was, you know, I, I you guys can't see me. I'm actually pretty APF looking right now based on how I look and dressed um, with the camo hat on. But, uh, like, back then when I saw – I saw the, the uh, Grand Prix on the stage, the, the main – like, the, the main stage into the expo, and I was like, this is fucking amazing. This is incredible. I And I wanted to be on that stage one day. And I think with a better version of the Arnold even, whereas the – even more so the elite of the elites, you can have that. And I actually think it will be terrific. I don't think that the Arnold is taking a step down to any means. I think that is a fantastic – meet to have to be the you know all-encompassing uh meets that gives out the most money i would love that i think that's a great idea um i think developments can happen to you know further up that continuously but i like the idea of it um there's another point on oh yeah so uh, i think i think the a big conversation piece is people leaving or the possibility of people leaving you said in a prior podcast which you're absolutely right on i think coaches are going to dictate a lot the coaches yep. decide to leave, then that's going to be a huge, that's going to be a huge influence on the lifters because they go where their coach goes. You bought up Flex, totally agree. He is like the number one person because he has probably, as far as the most influences coaches go, he has the best athletes. He has the top athletes. If he decides to take his talents elsewhere, then that leaves a big gap. But from a guy who's a competitor. If the USAPL continues to give out money and say all these competitors decide to leave and go where Flex goes, I will have a terrific chance of winning a lot of money. So I don't even know if I want them to stay. Well, we might see that. We could see, I'm just throwing out possibilities, we could see Russ jump ship, stay with the IPF affiliate, you win some big cash prize, and then all these lifters who left are like, I'm stronger than Angelo and he's winning all his money and I'm sitting here at this meet that just has a backdrop banner and no audience because this is not nearly the same production value yet as as USAPL. Yeah. Eh, I might want to go back to that. Yeah. But, but Sheffield though, Sheffield's supposed to be the big one, right? Like that's, I think again, I don't know if it's much as IPF worlds as it is with Sheffield because I, I mean, the, come on, come I mean, on. Can we, can say we just talk like, about I, well, hold on. I like uh, you can go on to Sheffield a bit, but from the Q and A's I get with IPF Worlds, like it, it just—it's still—it's a great meet. It's a terrific meet. I love international competition. In a perfect world, I like them to stay within the IPF with us allowing to do the way we want to do drug testing with them, how they do their drug testing internationally. I would love to stay within that, but IPF Worlds, just as far as competition goes. I understand it's great internationally, but this is what people don't understand. It's like, well, if you take this and you, you this can be a battle within this weight class. The very fact that Taylor Atwood just doesn't want to go to IPF Worlds should tell you something, right? 
And also, like, if the argument is used, like, well, you know, there's only five or six American competitors who really dominate things. That's a lot. That is a lot. If Whenever you have five to six people just one from one country dominating a weight class, that's too many. And then other ones are a strong competitor for that weight class. From one through five, one country dominates it. So really, I think what's holding on people is not so much dominating a weight class, because what's the fun in that, is Sheffield. Like, IPF Worlds is great. It is a very prestigious meet. I think it's tier one meet in the world, but the reason why people are holding on from the USAPL's perspective is Sheffield. And does Sheffield even happen if Russ, Ray, Amanda, Taylor don't jump ship to the new affiliate and do IPF Worlds? I mean, would SBD even throw down that kind of money when their main lifters that get them the most outreach aren't even going to be doing it anymore because they're in a different federation. And do they then go take their money and put it into the federation that those lifters are competing in? Yeah. I, I'm, I am curious. I, I honestly, I don't see that. My opinion is, I mean, this is obviously very much opinion where the lifters decide to go, the money will follow. Mm-hmm. So if everyone's saying, well, I want to do Sheffield. If, if you decide you'd rather do the pro series and everyone does the pro series, I would bet the money shifts over towards the pro series a bit from yeah. sponsors. Yeah, right. But th- this is what happens with other sports. Money goes towards the pros. Money doesn't go towards the international relevant. I mean, like if you look at baseball, the world baseball classic isn't the vocal point. It's major league baseball. It's one organization that just decides to funnel the money into. That's what happens with professional sports organizations, and that's why I think the Pro Series, to me, is a more attractive option because of the possibilities. If you put in the work, if you stay loyal, if you stay dedicated to this, uh, not necessarily stay loyal, but if you stay dedicated to this and you try to make a good product, the possibilities of it becoming a bigger thing for just a sport in general is so much more possible than just sticking to the regular format. Like, I would love to have a pro series, but also the IPF IPF Worlds being like our Olympics, where this is where you represent your country. I actually really like that idea. Right now, it doesn't seem like it's even possible for it to happen. But I think Bryce Lewis, he, he commented, I think, sarcastically. But I think even in his sarcasm... He just, I don't think he processed that it is possible what he said. He said something along the lines of having, uh, my, my wish would be like an international type of tournament that is the best lifters in the world. And jokingly, obviously, he's referring to IPF Worlds. But I'm like, wait, hold on, Bryce. He realized that with a pro series, there is a possibility that other lifters internationally would love to compete at the Arnold, would love to compete at one of these pro meets, and without any restrictions, they can easily do that because we don't suspend you for doing other meets internationally from another federation. So they can do that if they want to. The risk is them being suspended from the IPF, which, again, if you're part of that federation that allows that, I don't know what the fuck's wrong with you, but it's possible like, that's why the possibilities are there. We can possibly, like, what what is stopping Leah Bavois? What's stopping Kalora from just being like, all right, let's do uh, international meets in the United States and try to win some money at the Arnold? Yeah. And uh, 
if USAPL is listening, one thing I would recommend is setting up a framework for how you would allow, because Larry said he's open to this, but like, let's set up a framework so people understand how international competitors could get, let's say, a USAPL pro card and compete at these meets. I mean, like one person for sure, Rondell Hunt, I'm sure would love to come do these. Not only is he close in relation to the U.S., um, since he's not on the opposite side of the world, but he can't even go to IPF Worlds in the first place. I'm sure he'd love to come over and compete mm-hmm. against Ashton in the Pro Series. Um, I mean, we see Yuri Belkin coming over to the U.S. all the time because he's going to go where the money is. So yeah. if some, I mean, we've talked about it. The women of the IPF are much more competitive worldwide um, outside the U.S. than the guys are. We, we definitely have pretty much all the top men. But if Leah and Corolla can see they can come over and win $50,000, just like Yuri sees he can do that, yeah, I can very likely see them wanting to come. And so as long as there's this qualifying system where uh, we can see international competitors come over, I'm sure they're open to it. I mean, the Arnold has always been open to international competitors. That's always been something that's kind of been cool about the Arnold is uh, we've had, I think even Brett Gibbs was supposed to come over at one time. It didn't, I don't think it worked out, but I mean, I know we've had Kelly Branton. Um, last year I had someone that we were on the world platform was from Mexico. We definitely had people that come from internationally. So um, I'm sure that is a, a strong possibility. I would like to see USAPL from the get-go set up the standards of qualifying for international lifters and how they can be a part of this. Yeah, that that would be that would be one thing that I would be curious about. Hopefully, we can get someone on the USAPL to actually discuss this when the pro series is actually developed, formatted to a point where we can actually talk about that, ask our questions. But yeah, I would love to see that. And again, like I, I don't understand why that's such a People don't think that's possible. Like, he said it sarcastically. I'm like, this is a common thing that happens in other sports. They get international talent. Professional sports, because that's that's the great thing about professional sports. You can easily do that. There's nothing barring you from doing that. Um, I, I don't get... I mean, a lot of people I talk to think that's just pie in the sky, no way it's going to happen. I understand the... Which, again, it's... it's it's not a great reason, but it's either because they get – well, this is the good reason, where they actually get uh, funding from their governments because they're an international competitor. That's actually a reason. That's a financial reason that you have money coming to you, and if you are out of the IPF, you could possibly just lose that because you're no longer an international competitor. I get that part, but also they just fear a suspension of never competing in the IPF again, which, okay, like I don't I, – I, I don't know if it's that worth it to stay in a federation that just like if it, it, that bars you from competing elsewhere. Yeah, but I think that the fall off for the fall off for me is going to be really interesting with that because because um, I, I guess like looking at the landscape of things like two white lights covers powerlifting, right? So the, if there's a USA if there, there's a new IPF affiliate, we're going to cover it. We're going to see what's going on with it, and I think we're still going to cover the IPF. You know, just because it's that international. Uh, it's that international part of powerlifting that's actually good, but like I'm just curious to see what the landscape is of it. Like that's that's my big that's my big thing, and I will because I, I don't think we I don't think we'll be two white lights if we show like some sort of just favoring of the USAPL over. Like I need to see this affiliate. Like I need to see what's going on there. I need and also yeah. I need to see what the IPF does. What if they don't if they don't suspend people who uh, compete, say like, all right, you can do this. You can do the Arnold. You won't have any sort of punishment as long as you get WADA tested or USADA tested. You're fine. Like if they do that, then I'm like, all right, well, that's actually a, that's a thing that I agree with. I just, 
based on their past uh, actions, I don't think they'll do that. One something I've semis I might be wrong on this, but something I've kind of seen in the situation over in Australia, which is very different. This is not comparable, but there is some things that we can kind of take from it. Um, I believe it's an it like if you were to switch to the IPF affiliate in Australia and then decide to go back to powerlifting Australia and compete, that's an issue, and there there are suspensions and issues involved. If you have never done the IPF affiliate and you just been with powerlifting Australia. It seems like they're pretty open to letting you come over immediately. Because, mm. I mean, they want you to switch. Yeah. So lifters could very viably in 2022 do the USAPL Pro Series and then somehow switch, do the new affiliate nationals, qualify for Worlds, do the Sheffield in 2023, and then come back again. We, we, could, we could see that possibly happening if that's that's – kind of the route it goes. Cause I don't think, I don't think those athletes are probably going to have year long suspensions. I think they're going to, I would bet that they're readily accepted in a new affiliate whenever they want to jump over. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of people are just like, they think of it as a doomsday scenario where if certain lifters leave, that's it. It's over. It's, and I don't think it's over because I, I don't know. I'm just like, I, I'm just even the worst case scenario you will have smart people at least stay in the USAPL and try to win themselves some money. Like, just financially savvy people, right? Like, okay, well, say, say if Amanda Lawrence just leaves. That leaves a massive gap in 84. Like, now it's... Now you get you get K, you get uh, K-Webb in there. You get so many different lifters who could possibly win, and it's like, now I could win some money with Amanda Lawrence leaving through the other affiliate. Like... Why, if you're if you're smart enough, it just makes sense to stay in the USAPL. This is and this is not just this is not me like showing bias. It's just that could be your potential of actually being a professional powerlifter, staying with it, even if like the very best people leave. Then, if you're like a Michael Cole Di Pietro, who seem is making like more money off than anyone really right now, feels like in natural powerlifting, just going to these pro meets winning some money, bouncing, going to different federations, you know, kind of bouncing back between USPA, USPA and USAPL, you can win some money just based on that alone. Like, that's, that to me, like, it's not the, it's not going to be a doomsday scenario for the USAPL, but also I, I even, I, I still have confidence that enough smart people would have, enough well-organized smart people would be in charge of the IPF affiliate, where there'll be a good federation too. I just think that, Powerlifting can definitely survive this, and you know I I think it's still going to be a step in the right direction. Yeah, I think there, there's going to be some people that are big names that probably jump ship, but I think like you said, if there's enough money, at a certain point there's going to be a point where some people are like, I'm not leaving because now I can win this money. Mm-hmm. And I think what we, we've heard I've heard a lot of the uh, term prestige passed along, the prestige of winning IPF worlds. I honestly think there would be eventually a shift of like if you're going to this new affiliate and then you just kind of like cakewalk your way to being the the champion your weight division, then you cakewalk your way to being the IPF World Champion. Yet you see on the USA, USAPL Pro Series sides these extreme competitions. Mm-hmm. I think the the shift of what prestige means changes. Well, also, I mean, like prestige is one of those things that are like they're ever changing in sports. It's weird, like it. 
occasionally this happens where it does shift what the prestige is. It really just falls in the the opinions of the lifter and the opinions of the fans what's the most prestigious thing. I mean, you go back to boxing, like boxing uh, used to be if you were the if you were the champion, that was the most prestigious thing. And then in a, I, I, like, when they started making a bunch of weight classes, when they started really diluting the belts, it wasn't that anymore. If you had a major belt, it wasn't, it doesn't mean you're the best in the weight class. People knew who the best in the weight class was. So if you had a belt, people were like, okay, good job, you have a belt. But Floyd Mayweather is the best boxer in your weight class, and we all know it. He doesn't have a belt, though. So it's, it, prestige can change. Um also, I think the argument of uh, just uh, yeah, back to the argument of international competition being the most prestigious thing. Again, it's I I don't understand how people can see other professional sports organizations exist and think that that will ruin competition and the competitive competitiveness between lifters. That. That I, I don't understand that argument at all. Because I think it's the current landscape of powerlifting, right? I think most people compete on the local level. Less people compete on the national level. Even less compete at the world level. Even less are world champions. So how would creating a pro series ruin the competition? I actually think it will make it stronger because mid-tier guys... Can't actually, I, I think mid-tier is a bad term. I think 5 through 10 have more of an opportunity to compete with one another for potential prizes or potential accolades as opposed to the current landscape, which is if you get third at nationals like I did, cool. But, you know, all you really get is a medal. Something I hadn't thought about, this is kind of deviating a bit, but talking about... Uh, Something we haven't talked about that would be a massive effect on where people go. Because like you said, we, we, we talk about pro series and obviously in Two White Lights we're covering the top lifters because that's what people want to talk about. Most people do are, are local level lifters though. Yeah. Most people are picking the meat that's closest in proximity to them, that the federation somewhat aligns with what their values are, and their friends are doing it. A big thing we haven't talked about is a major contributor for what could happen leading the future is where do meet directors go? Yeah. Yep. So, um, and USAPL is a bit different than like USPA. We talk about USPA. They tend to have more like professional meet directors, like literally like territory managers that hold like meets every single month. And that's literally, that's their job is they hold meets where USAPL. We tend to have more like meet directors who hold one or two meets a year, but there are a couple that do regularly scheduled meets. Um, it would be a big thing of where do those go because that that could change the landscape. If all of those people go to the new affiliate, that's going to shift the local level to the affiliate, and that would be a big contributor of kind of what happens here. So, yeah. With that being said, though, I still we've kind of talked about this. Where the best lifters go, eventually, the majority of newer lifters will want to go. If they see Russ Orgy, they're going to want to go where Russ goes. Yeah. If they see Luka Doncic in over in Europe, they're going to want to go where Luka's playing basketball. Yeah. Um, so people will people will gravitate towards where the best lifters are, but where where the local level meet directors go could be a big um, aspect of kind of this split as well. Yeah, but I, like yeah, that will be the biggest, and that's why we bought it up. Like lifters leaving, I think that's that's a big King of Lifts argument. Um, that's uh, that's a lot of people's argument is 
the potential break off of talent is what's going to hurt the USAPL the most, which I think the USAPL will even agree with that. Um, if, I mean, it was even discussed at the NTB, like that is the, that is the thing that we are going to have to face. That is the biggest fear is lifters leaving and our top lifters leaving. Uh, I just, I'm still not sold. I mean, conversely, like, uh, people were saying this to me with the IPF, they can stand without the USAPL. They, they can, they definitely can. But I also think that the USAPL can stand without the IPF. Like, that's, I, I still think there's enough competitors here that no matter what happens, I don't think it'll be, I think everyone's in fear because they put, they, you know, they bet on a horse that might lose. But at the end of it, I still think like both federations will kind of like go about their business and prosper along the way. Well, a good example, we, we always talk about the USPA as like the, the gold standard of the untested side. Where do all the best untested lifters compete? Yeah, it's no longer USPA. It's WRPF. It's WRPF. They all compete in WRPF, yet USPA is still the gold standard and the largest untested federation. Well, oh yeah, it's going to take a while for people because this is like the, the cluelessness of powerlifters. It's going to forever, like when they see the new IPF affiliate come up, they're just going to call it the USAPL for like two years because Russ still calls Showdown a USPA meet. Even though many have told him, including myself, no, dude, that's an WRPF meet, he still calls it a USPA meet. And a lot of other people do. They're like, that's a USPA meet. Like, no, it's, it's, it's WRPF. Like, actually, the big meets are all WRPF, it feels like. Yeah, all of them are. Every single is, one. Is Pioneer Open, is that the only USPA one? Yeah, but I wouldn't. I don't even know if I consider that one of the tier. That's not one of those tier one meets. I mean, it's yeah. big, but it's not tier one. Yeah, exactly. So, so, that it, so, so what's going to happen is the IPF affiliate is going to come. They're just going to call like there's going to be people who call it the US, the US USAPL for a little bit there. So that even help uh, USAPL's branding just a bit. The fact that it's kind of like uh, engraved in our minds a bit. I mean, yesterday, yesterday on like the Q and A I did, the, people think I compete in the USPA just because. I didn't do USAPL. I'm like, no, I never competed the USPA guys, but to, to a lot of powerlifters, that doesn't even exist. Like that does not exist to them. Um, it's just it's USPA, USAPL, IPF, and WRPF. Those are, those are the federations that exist in their mind. So um, it's going to take a bit for them to get either some sort of recognition from a lot of just regular lifters there. But uh, the, the, the I think the talent pool is. The talent pool is going to be the big thing um, as far as just this IPF affiliate being uh, being created. Um, I'm well, I still, I, I, just as a general fan, I'm curious to see how that goes. Like, I'm not rooting against it. You know what I mean? Like, I want to see how it's done. Like, I'm still very curious about it. Will whoever, as shit, maybe whoever comes on the show, like whoever creates that thing, maybe come on the show and discuss, you know, the fucking, just the, just the sheer... Like, uh, logistics of just creating a new powerlifting federation. Like, I I would love to get a conversation with that person. We could have the USPC on and talk to him. Let's not do that. I don't want to end up. I don't. I don't want to end up on any uh, on any uh, fucking databases where I'm a sex offender. No. I'll, I'll say one thing to that, and then come back around to some developments with the Pro Series too that I forgot to talk about. Is one. Like, obviously, we're a little bit biased towards the USAPL. We can't deny that. But, like, 
in the grand scheme of things, we're pro powerlifting growing. Wait, hold on. Are we, though, a little bit biased towards the USAPL, though? Like, we don't... Yeah, I think... There's a few episodes where we really didn't speak kindly of the USAPL. Yeah, we're going to be critical of it, but we're biased towards it. I mean, we're USAPL lifters. We've been very much involved in the development of, like... I would. I mean, obviously, we're not at the forefront of developing the pro series. Saber and USAPL is, but we've been very much in kind of like the the media aspect of promoting it. So yeah, I mean, yeah, I'd say we're a little bit biased towards it. We talk about USAPL a lot more than we do about the yeah. IPF or about USPA or anything like that, even though we cover everything. But we're, we are pro powerlifting growing. Like there was that circulating uh, graphic of USPA versus USAPL and the mm-hmm. growth rate. Not even going to get into the ridiculousness of the some people of thinking what that interpretation of what that meant, but like I mean, USPA, it, ability USPA, to read graphs is very easy. If USPA <laughs> grows, I am all for that. Like I'm all for both of them growing. Even if USPA passes USPA, USAPL, as long as both of them are growing, that is a great thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Seeing that too was also funny because like I I mean it, it it's not the worst thing in the world where like you see. USPA growing and lifters are happy about that. Like it's not bad at all because you know it's nice to see people just being loyal to the federation within they compete in. Um, I think the frustration in that post was just like the inability to comprehend a graph. Like that was yes. that was like did you like wait did you just not acknowledge the little dip in 2019 to 2020? Like it's very basic reading comprehension. Just look at the title of the graph. Try to get up some current events or past events that might have led to a drop in lifters. Um, but I, I do, when I do see that kind of stuff, it's I, I think uh, a lot of USPA lifters like there's, and I still I still think USAPL lifters too. They uh, <laughs> they they do wear that as kind of a source of pride as far as just competing with the other federations. And I saw that I'm like it's actually good i just hope i think pete spence actually really like with another graph of just people within raw powerlifting like that's the number you want to look at not necessarily what federation has the most lifters not members lifters the most amount of lifters because if raw powerlifting is dropping then that's not good for the sport we need more people just being under a barbell yeah that's what's that's what's the best for the sport it's just as a whole um yeah, squat. Uh, which which I, I can only see with this pro series and some of the other things. I didn't discuss all the stuff because I don't want to say stuff that might be wrong. But some of the other stuff that I've kind of heard about the pro series, it, it sounds like, I mean, how they're setting it up is to make sure that it has very good outreach to people outside of powerlifting, which is a great thing. Yes. This can only grow it. And something I'm going to talk about Saber, because talking with Saber, he, he mentioned every meet he tries to do one or two things new yeah. to try and elevate his thing he's doing for October. For the pro qualifier, not the pro meet, but the pro qualifier, which I'm sure this is going to be something that sticks and then is elevated come December, is all of the uh, pro qualifier competitors, um, he's doing like full-on lifter interviews for. Um, And with the shop gym, they have an awesome media team. I'm sure they're going to put together some dope highlight reels and interviews that is going to greatly elevate the production value of what we look at as like live stream and being able to kind of see like – um, getting to know the lifters personally and, and like the in production there. And that's probably only going to further itself going into uh, the uh, 
Virginia Pro. And we, we kind of saw that happening with SPD and Sheffield, mm-hmm. but then we just didn't get to see the full culmination of it since Sheffield didn't happen. Well, if you look at the comments of Two White Lights, uh, just with this topic, that was one of the big things, was something that CrossFit has done. Just spotlights, lifter interviews, yeah, that's huge. That is going to be big for powerlifting. This is, And if you look at the comments, this is something that you actually might want to look at. If you are a person within the USAPL or a person developing a meet or someone just trying to bring the sport into the mainstream. The mainstream success relies on the fans' opinions. So fans' opinions, say on Two White Lights comments, are going to be big because that will give you an idea. That was one of the things. Production value and getting bringing life to these lifters and having that sort of outreach. And I actually think I'm more confident I, I, I will take I will take this stance. I am more confident with the USAPL doing that as opposed to every other federation. Yeah. I mean they showed we we've been the standard of having like a tiered uh, competitive format. Yeah, um, regionals kind of fell to the wayside, and I I wonder if they're ever going to bring those back. And I don't know if they should. Um, I think the pro series will probably replace those regional events. But you just said it like we had multiple people commenting like do the CrossFit model. Well, the CrossFit models have like these kind of like pro events, which is their regionals with the like the pro CrossFitters. That then the best from those funnel into the CrossFit games. It's pretty much what it sounds like the pro series is going to be is a bunch of regional pro events that then funnel into our grand finale Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just don't know if that, I mean, the fact that we have, we talked about one of the big issues with a lot of these money meets and like sustainability is the fact of the funding. Um, and that's one of the reasons the USPA lost all those meets is because they didn't fund those. It was just individual meet directors and the WRPF seemed to be a bit easier to work with on that end. Um, if the USAPL is the one funding all of this, it is going to be significantly more sustainable to do long term. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I'll, I'll, but I will say with uh, with IPF though, the one thing that they have that live stream, that live stream is so goddamn good. That's one thing the USAPL needs to work on is just that quality of live stream. I think everything else, as far as USAPL, like consistently. Because I think this is a big thing. It's You can do it once, but how consistent are you? Consistently, USAPL meets, since I've been in, have looked great. Um, there's a few things they could fix. There's a few things that, you know, maybe they took a step back. But that's It's, it's going to happen whenever you develop anything. I think consistently they develop a highly produced meet that powerlifters appreciate. But that live stream that IPF had in 2015 was the best live stream and that's that should be a focus for the usapl is just like improving that live stream to a point where it's as it's all of all powerlifting powerlifting has not reached the same live stream success of 2015 ipf worlds and it's a shame that time has went on but our technology and powerlifting has dipped a little bit we got to get back to that I agree there. That that's it. well, it's. I want to say that's an easy fix because if you just put some focus on it, I think that's something that can easily be implemented. So we'll see on that end. But I completely agree. I mean, like if, if you want to make these big events, then they have to be very viewer friendly. Yeah. Um, so, and maybe have a certain person commentating. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I don't know. I'm in a weird position because I would like to be competing at these things, 
Well, there's that many, though. You won't be competing at all of them. That would be yeah. the difference. Yeah, unless I was Ashton, I wouldn't be competing at all of them, but uh, I, I, I'm not that good <laughs> so uh, or that resilient to things, so uh, I probably won't be able to. But, uh, I mean, looking at the comments here, too, on Two White Lights, I'm actually scrolling through them right now. Uh, a lot of people are, I, I mean, I think just even with the a little information we get, some people will be satisfied with what you know is is coming out from these uh is is coming out from like whatever we said on this podcast like people said pro cards like to do with bodybuilding that hopefully is that that seems like that's a definite possibility something they're striding for um the 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 production value seems to be the big one um uh, people looking out for their own, so obviously teenage lifters are like, there should be an event for teen lifters where we win money, and then there's master's lifters, like, there should be an event for master's lifters where we win money, so looking out for their there own. There should be an event for really weak lifters that, like, takes in uh, genetics and gives me a genetic IPF score, yeah. and therefore, because I have lower genetic capacity, my IPF score, they're actually like, I don't know, 115 if you account for the fact that, like, I try hard. Okay, so here's the thing. Yeah. <laughs> But here's the thing. I can understand giving it to Masters lifters. Teens and collegiate lifters, no. No. You have to be fucking open. We're going we're gonna to NCAA the shit out of you on this one. Like, you're doing an amateur league if you're doing teen and collegiate lifters. If you want to win money, you go up to the fucking open. Guess what? You can be any age to be in the open. So if you want to break a junior record, if you want to break a teen record, if you want to collegiate nationals, there's no money at the end of it. Yeah, I don't think anyone cares about the, I mean, high school baseball isn't no. Major League Baseball. No. We're not going to give them the same treatment. No. So, but uh, they, I do but, like the Masters one because I, I do like the ability to be able to, like, I mean, the fact of the matter is, is, like, a lot of junior lifters are highly competitive in the open. But at a certain point, there's obviously a, a decline based off of aging process with Masters. But that's pretty cool to be able to kind of um, – give them something to compete with. Even though, in talking to Sabre, if Dave Ricks shows up, it's just a cheat code. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, Dave Ricks could be like a multi-millionaire within a couple of years. Well, yeah. He, well, just, well, does, he also, just does every meet. David Ricks is such a man of honor, I don't think he'll do that. I don't think he'll, I don't, I don't think, I think he has uh, just too much, too much uh, morals and uh, he's, he's such a stand-up guy that I don't think he'll do that. It'll be interesting to see, but yeah, that'll be That'll be an interesting uh, scenario because, yeah, he will kind of dominate things. Um, one thing that I saw in the comments is very funny to me is, like, people need to talk shit to each other. Like, that's not an organizational – you can't create, like, a rule or an organizational structure that is centered around people talking shit to each other. And also, I want to point this out for powerlifters and fans – be careful what you wish for, because as we learned in the past, most power lifters are terrible at talking shit. And I'm going to bring up the 74s of 20, uh, 2019 Raw Nationals. People wanted that. We got it. And I wish it never happened, because we had to pretend like all these things that were being said between the 74s were clever and funny, and they weren't. And it made me cringe a little bit inside. And that applies for all. Taylor Atwood, if you're listening, I know you're going to go on a fucking crusade and end my career like you did with my hair. But yeah, all that trash-talking stuff was cringe-worthy material. Same thing with Pug. Same thing with Perk in that scenario. Like, be careful what you wish for. Powerlifters 
aren't known for their quick wit and their excellent articulation of making fun of people. They're not stand-up comedians. They're power lifters. It's, again, I'm just going to say, be careful. If we have a press conference, like the UFC does, be careful what you wish for. It might be a very embarrassing scenario for a lot of lifters. And also, the organization can't just make that. They can't just be like, all right, so we're going to have this press conference. Can you guys just talk shit to each other? That'll be... That'll that'll seem genuine. I also Agreed. like I also like how people think that that's what sport is too. Just trash talking. Yeah, like that's that's what that's what makes sports great is like the very the, the thirty seconds of trash talk you sometimes hear. Well, that's what the WWE is, right? It's just an entire system of uh, role playing trash talking. Exactly, but they mastered it. Yeah, and also, but at times. Even with all their years of developing storylines and and psychology, they fall flat on their face sometimes. So, powerlifting will fall flat on its face forever. Like it won't it won't get to a point where people are like, "Yeah, we need to create these storylines." I always say, "Let's actually here's another here's a, a, a way to reword it. Let's spotlight the lifters with character who actually have it." spotlight those lifters because that's what brings some sort of marketing and that's what brings some sort of viewer and audience a different type of audience to it let's spotlight those but that's not that's not make people what they're not if you're not a shit talker don't become a shit talker because it's going to be it's it's not it's a hard thing to do you got to be genuine you got to be genuine to come up with uh clever insulting things you have to be very mean also just uh just that kind of person yeah well, I mean, one other thing that will be interesting, and I think, I mean, the Virginia Pro is going to set up a lot of what's going to happen in the future. Yeah. On how that's perceived. I have an incredible amount of confidence that that's going to be one of the greatest meets we've ever been to. Yeah, I really... Saber is literally pouring everything into this. And I, I've also got a feeling we're going to start having some people hop in that are not currently on the list that are top 10 lifters. Because I still... Dude, I, I, are we going to IPF Worlds? I don't know. That, that's a. I How think, close are we going to get before we know? So uh, this is the thing where people, yeah, that's a, this thing people are surprised about. And I don't know why they're surprised about it. Larry released that email saying that it looks like we're going to have to break from the IPF because of what's going on. He's like, we're hoping that they'll still accept our lifters to this IPF Worlds. And then when you combine that with, you know, the COVID restrictions that possibly can happen, um, the travel restrictions that possibly can happen, I, if you don't go to IPF Worlds, I don't know how you would be surprised at this point. Right? Like, I don't... I, I fucking... In Australia, they're locking down fucking people. Right? So, so it's a it's it's not just it's not just the USAPL IPF beef. It's a lot of other things. That's why I'm bringing that up. It's, there's a lot of other things that go along with it. Uh, and I, again, I just if if you don't go to IPF Worlds, uh, I I wouldn't be su- I I wouldn't be surprised if I were you. Yeah, and I I think if they time it right, the USAPL can use this Virginia Pro to just like mic drop it. Because, yeah. like, 
It wouldn't. It's actually right now would not be a good time to release all the details of the pro series. No. The best time to do it is around the Virginia Pro. Maybe announce the general framework prior to it. Allow the Virginia Pro then to be one of the greatest meets we've ever been to, and everyone's all hyped from it because we already know powerlifters have recency bias. Mm-hmm. And then immediately after, drop the bomb of oh, we've got this much prize money. Here's the setup. Here's the meet we've got planned. Who wants to see this now six times a year? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. That would that would be that would be great. Or or this would be the great thing. Do the old NFL route where uh, you release more information or more announcements right when another event is taking place, like the NFL always does to, like, the World Series and the NBA Finals, where they release, like, their scheduling and all that stuff, just to be a little relevant into other sports seasons. So you make an announcement during IPF Worlds of what lifters are not going to IPF Worlds but doing the Pro Open. Just do make a big graphic right when IPF World is taking place. That's the petty route, but that's the NFL route. They always do it, and it's it's always hilarious. Roger Goodell, you're a total dick, but I respect it at times because <laughs> that's what happens. So I'm like, that's actually that's a strategy. I mean, oh, I mean, I think the IPF did an excellent job of that, announcing that Worlds will be in Sweden the week of our nationals. As far as as far as petty commissionership things go, Roger Goodell moves. I gave him a golf clap for that. I'm like, I can't I can't be mad at you for that because that was actually an excellent thing. People are gonna tell me it was just a coincidence. I don't fucking believe it. I think that was a complete plan and it was a genius plan. I actually do res- I I respect that kind of stuff. Like I respect savviness. Yeah. That definitely was. They did a good job there. Or, I mean, if they have it kind of set up, let's do a two-white lights interview, USAPL people, during IPF World's week. Let's do, like, a three-part interview. Like, and uh, let's just content. Let's get the graphics going. Let's get the graphics going, and then one graphic for IPF World's. Like, this one, let's get this one person one. And then go back onto the whole format of the, uh, of, of Nash, of, uh, of the Pro Series. Yeah, well, like I said, and you're going with it. If they if they can time this right, they can they can make they can make some noise at the right times to divert attention and create the hype, and it it can it can help. So we'll yeah. see on it. I'm I'm just, I'm just really excited for the Virginia Pro. I think that's going to be an incredible meet. That's going to be insane. I mean, so. I saw that. I mean, <laughs> it felt it felt good. Uh, for just really really quick aside, when they released not the roster, but here. Uh, when uh, Saber announced that IPF lifters or people from the USAPL who wouldn't get into IPF Worlds based on the whole dilemma here uh, can be at the Pro Open, um, I love that idea. But also, like I saw my name, um, like the second name, and like here are the lifters who are competing in alphabetical order. And I was it was like Amanda Lawrence then me. I'm like this makes me feel like I was in second place, and that's. That's great. That's great to me. That feels awesome uh, that I felt that because then when you go down the line, it's ridiculous. Like it is a just an absolute murderer's row of lifters. There is not a single lifter at that thing. It, th- so we're talking about the Arnold Classic being like the Olympia. This is like a, the the this can be considered that too. Just just from the onset of just 
who's – I mean, there's a few people missing. But when you go through, if you go on USAPL Virginia's page and just check the roster and what they're doing, it is ridiculous. It, like, it surpasses nationals. It surpasses worlds just based on simply talent alone. Yeah, I mean, it'll be, it'll be well, not only because everyone's in the same class since it's just based on the IPF, but just the lifters alone. I mean, we I think we talked about, I think five of the top ten lifters in the world are in that meet, yeah. if not more, which more might switch over. You know, And it'll literally, it'll literally be a more competitive meet with higher-level lifters than IPF Worlds. You know, you know what, actually, this is, again, another aside that has nothing to do with what we're talking about, but I would love it if you have this roster, but then they just added in a random person. Just a random, like, teen lifter. For no fucking reason, just to do it. Like, you see, like... 74 kg? Yeah. Oh, he would be the best. Yeah, uh, Christian would be the best person. (laughs) Actually, that's... They need to do that in order just to make, like, six people laugh. Myself included. Or, like, or, like, a... Yeah, like, uh... No, actually, that won't be... That won't be appropriate. Because he's actually a good lifter. But, like, just... Just, uh... Yeah, I would love to just one ad. And then everyone's like fuck is that guy or a girl and it's just uh, that's my that's my kind of humor right there just adding it and then being like and then everyone just goes to the instagram page and being like what the fuck they're being on the same stage as all these guys all right whatever i guess uh, i guess saber knows what he's doing but you know what i'm i think a lot of people are looking at, at this with a lot of pessimism and a lot of like the end is near or whatever scenario I'm excited for this. I'm excited for the Pro Series, but also what this brings to sport in general. Like, whatever that IPF affiliate does, I'm excited to see. I actually want to see what's going on with it. I want to see what the lifters do. I want to see their decisions, what they're conjuring up. I want to see where coaches go. I I want to see those developments. I'm excited to see those developments. When, I don't know, I, I, I guess... I guess you could say I have a horse in the race, but when you don't have a horse in the race, the thing you can root for most is chaos. Like, some chaotic situations here might be pretty fun to watch. Yeah. Like, as a sport, I mean, baseball, like, uh, I could use it for baseball. The Cubs are long out of the playoffs. So, right now, I'm just rooting for chaos. I just want absolute chaos. I want another cheating scandal (laughs) in baseball. (laughs) That's what I want. Like, no, but I'm watching baseball and be like, all right, let's, let's have the craziest scenario win. Like that's what I want. So I, for in this situation, just seeing how it all unfolds. Because at the end of the day, you're still gonna lift. You're still gonna be a power lifter. You're still gonna compete. You're there's federations out there. That's that's I guess the good part about having seventeen thousand federations in America. We could pick whatever the hell which one we want if one of them you know disbands or something. So I'll, I'm I'm uh, I'm pretty I'm pretty excited to see the developments moving forward. Yep. For sure, it's gonna get it's gonna get interesting real quick, and we should. I mean, probably in the next two to three weeks, there's probably gonna. I, I'm sure we're gonna have another uh, emergency episode very soon. Yeah, I, I keep like. There's I was I was actually getting pretty used to not having emergency episodes because um, there we were record we recorded this at eight eight a.m. this morning, and I'm releasing it immediately after we we click stop. I'm gonna do so. The emergency episodes are not my favorite thing to do. I I like to it, it be convenient for me, but uh, yeah, there's going to be more of them. It's the life we chose. It's the life, at least yeah. the one life I chose. But the end reward, the end reward though, is 
and and an embarrassment of riches by being a podcast host. Yeah, just I'm I'm rolling in it right now, everyone. <laughs> People like you think that, by the way, that you're that I'm wealthy. <laughs> Well, because being a podcast host, so like, so um, like or, it's like, or, so how 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 is making a career off powerlifting? Like, what are you, who are you talking to? Where this is my career? Yeah, well, I'm a powerlifting coach for my career, and I don't hardly make any money. If I look wealthy, it's because my wife is making a buttload of money, and I'm uh, she's my sugar mama, and I'm yeah. just the trophy husband. So yeah. that's that's the real key there. Actually, uh, hashtag <laughs> uh, hashtag trophy husband. Hashtag trophy husband. Yeah, that will that'll be the one for this show if you guys made it this far. But hashtag trophy husband, and yeah, that's an underrated thing. No, don't let anyone uh, talk talk down to you for that. If you're a trophy husband, I take zero shame in it. Actually, zero shame. Zero shame. Actually, take pride in it. I'm going to Mexico in a month and a half, all inclusive for eight days. I will be sipping on margaritas, being a trophy husband the entire time. I don't (laughs) care. All right, again. If you picked up two white lights at this point in the episode, it doesn't make sense to the title, but that's a good thing. All right, well, it looks like we talked just about enough that you need to talk about the about, about the pro series. We are going to have more episodes uh, coming up, more developments. Again, hopefully, we can have someone from the USAPL come on the two on to two white lights to talk about the pro series. But I'm excited. We have a lot of meets. We have a lot of coaches coming on. We have Josh and David from Data Driven Strength, or um. Josh and Zach. I don't know why the hell I just said David. Josh and Zach from Data Driven Strength coming on the show Monday. Terrific interview. Awesome time with them. Uh, Great questions. A bit of a nerd episode, as Steve would like to describe it, but I actually learned a lot. And we got into some really good conversation topics there. Uh, I had a blast with that. And we're going to have more coaches on. Of course, we're going to have any sort of developments we have with the USAPL. The showdown is coming up as well. The War Cat is going to happen as well. Two White Lights is going to be there for that. At least I will just commentating all the action. So we got a lot of stuff for you guys coming up, and I'm very excited for it. Oh, awesome. You mind if I plug one thing real quick? Do it. So uh, some of you, if you listen to this show, um, have heard me talk about Autumn Green. She's one of my listeners. Um, her son um, was diagnosed, it's just he's two years old, was diagnosed with a very, very rare blood disorder. Um, it's the first case they've ever seen in someone under 14 years old, and he's having to go through two years of chemotherapy. Um, I posted about this on my story, but if you don't follow me or you didn't see my story, I have a link in my bio um, for a GoFundMe um, to help with kind of the expenses of the treatments and all the stuff they're doing. So if you'd like to be able to donate to Cooper's Crusade uh, and be able to help out Autumn and her family, um, go to my page, PR's Performance. I'll have a link. I have the links, the first one in my bio um, on my link tree, and you can have access to be able to go donate to Cooper's Crusade. She is a Leflar Bros uh, uh, ambassador. Um, she is a big, big uh, promoter of Two White Lights and Leflar Bros. Mm-hmm. So if you guys could go show her some love and help her out, um, that would be amazing. Yes. Also, can you send me the link so I can post it onto Two White Lights' uh, page? Uh, yep, we're going to sure. have that. We're, the link is going to be in the bio for Two White Lights for a good amount of time. So, uh, yeah, send me that. And, yeah, let's get let's get those donations in. Uh, yeah, Autumn is a fantastic person. Um, uh, yeah, Leflar Bros athlete and also a big fan of Two White Lights and just a fantastic lifter and awesome person. Um, good drinking buddy too. We had we had yeah. we had we had a good time at the Leflar Bros. Uh, um, the little get together we had at Raw Nationals. So uh, yeah, um, definitely donate there. 
And link will be in the bio. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. Peace.